Hey guys, it's Kat. We haven't seen each other for a bit, I know, but this is going to be another episode of the True Tea Call-In Show. Now, before we get into our call-in show about cross-dressing sissies and misogyny, I want to call out the elephant in the room and talk about why I haven't been on here for a bit. I've had some real world, real life stuff come up. I have some projects that I've been working on that are requiring a lot of my time. Some of them I can't talk to you guys legally about, but the one thing I will say is that I did throw a party in Los Angeles for the BDSM community that I've been putting together. And I'm very happy to announce that we raised $2,800 for the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Center, which is something that is incredibly important to me. And I'm so happy that we were able to do that, but it required so much work and I'm going to be doing more stuff like that and I'm not going to be talking about it with you guys a lot because I don't really want to Um, but know that if I don't upload stuff on my podcast know that it's probably because I'm trying to do some bigger stuff outside of this so be patient with me thank you to everybody who's been patient and stuck with the podcast um, because I know that it has been a bumpy ride but anyway now that I've gotten that out of the way we're going to be talking about cross-dressing sissification and misogyny And before I jump into that, I wanted to mention that this is, of course, a conversation about a very specific type of trend that I've seen in a lot of cross-dressing and sissification content. This is not about all people who are cross-dressers, not all people who are sissies. It's just kind of about some trends within that subculture that I found pretty misogynistic. And I have opinions and feelings about this because it's something that's often presented to me as I spoke about, you know, pretty in depth in the podcast. But anyway, this is going to be some of the calls that we got. I want to remind everybody that these calls are edited together. We did a call-in show that was four hours and 30 minutes long. You can find the full call-in show on my Patreon, but um, these are some good calls that we got and I thought that I would share some with you. So let's jump into our first call. Hello. Um, I'm Eric. Um, I use they pronouns and, um, I was really excited to see that you were live streaming about this topic today because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I'm a male sub and I'm into femdom and it's been extremely frustrating to see there is really not a popular iteration of it that is not based in misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, or racism. Like they are incredibly rampant in how that kink is expressed like online and IRL um, to the uh, point where like, I am not sure that under the current power structures, a a kink like justification can exist without having, without like intrinsically having those biases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what, like, I think it's interesting when I was looking at, um, you know, for things to read off earlier, You know, I'm not going to say that it's all misogyny and homophobia um, because it isn't. But the misogyny and the homophobia are incredibly easy to locate. (laughs) They're incredibly easy to find. Um, So, yeah, I would love to hear more about your experiences and if you've had any like you know, conversations where you've tried to pursue um, a a, a femdom and um, they wanted to, you know, enter into some stuff that you didn't want to or how that went. Um, Share more of your story with us. Yeah, so I've only had online conversations. I'm pretty new to the scene and COVID obviously haven't gotten to do a lot of in-person meetups. Um, 
but basically there is this assumption that um, people cannot be both masculine and submissive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why um, specification and um, like cross-dressing is so popular. I think a lot of men like with their perception of gender feel like they need to be like feminized to be properly submissive, especially mm. to be like submissive to a woman. Um, like they feel like they can't be inferior to her um, without being more feminine than her. Mm. And because of that, I think a lot of people will instantly assume that if you're submissive, that's something you're into. Um, and I'm a trans man and I am deeply uncomfortable with any, um, like having any feminine language used towards me. And especially like if I have that marked on my profiles, I'm constantly like getting called stuff like, like, uh, not things are not super comfortable repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like, t- yeah, terms, terms are like fetishizing trans men and specification terms. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just very interesting to me that like, there is this assumption that in this, in this power relationship, um, the, the person like in the lower position must be more feminine. You know, it's interesting that you said that because it's something that seems that honestly should be obvious, but for some reason, when you said that it like connected things for me, because I, I didn't even really consider the fact that perhaps my inner, my reaction to this is very much tied to the fact that I don't look at gender in the way that I'm sure your average cishet man looks at gender because I don't look at a woman and see more submissive and lesser than. But I can see how, especially a cis man, especially a cishet man, um, could be socialized to sort of see submission as inherently feminine and thus um you know the way the only way they could possibly ever be submissive is to in some way be feminine um that is such an interesting point because i i i know several male submissives who are very typically masculine but i know that there probably are a lot of men who because of their own conceptions of gender um they would struggle to sort of see it um, in a different way. So thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Hello. So I wanted to speak on um, my experience encountering someone who was who's a man who um, was interested in feminization and submission, like fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us more. So... <laughs> So a few years ago, I was young, um, really interested in BDSM. I am sort of femme presenting. I'm, uh, I guess, Shive. And uh, I was interested in basically the idea of pegging. <laughs> and um, when speaking to this man and kind of, I, I wasn't going in it. It was just for conversation when trying to understand what he thought about femdom. Um, I started to learn more about his associations with like feminization and pegging. And for him, um, I remember asking, so what, what is it about pegging that turns you on? Like, what is that? And he says, well, you know, like the idea was that him being a man, he felt like I said, Hey, is it that you feel humiliated 
because you are getting pegged by a woman? And he says, yeah. And I said, do you feel humiliation with feminization? He said, I, I guess because, you know, um, there is an element of humiliation being a man um, getting pegged. Uh, and I said, okay, so I'm a woman at the time. I, you know, was saying, I, I, hey, I'm a woman and I um, foresee myself getting penetrated perhaps. So does that mean you think that we should feel shame or feel demeaned or, you know, to feel shame for being penetrated? And so he was, he couldn't really give me a straight answer. And at that point, I felt kind of uncomfortable with that, like, you know, dynamic, like uncomfortable with commencing further dialogue because I realized he needed to work out how he felt about women, about people who want to present as feminine, um, who want to identify with femininity um, because he couldn't remove this hypersexual and I guess shamed feeling he got from feminization and I guess, you know, that I, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I wanted to share that. It, it was very strange to kind of come to that, to hear that, to hear that he in some way felt humiliation um, in wanting to feel like, in, in trying to get to learning about gender and how he felt about gender and gender expression. He felt that he needed to, he needed to, you know, be demeaned mm -hmm. and what have you. So, and yeah. being demeaned was like having sex in the way that he imagines a woman has has sex. Um, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's. I mean, it's it's so interesting because I think one of the common conversations we have when we talk about kinks and exploring kinks is, you know, is it a way for us to sort of deal with, you know, the various fucked up shit that we've learned or have experienced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, exactly. and, I, and I remember, I think some of the comments on um, the video podcast, I think mentioned this where, you know, for some men, they do play like this um, because it's cathartic for them. Um, and yeah. like I said, I can understand, you know, being socialized in you know, as a man and being seen that way and having, um, you know, all of that messaging. I can see how it could crescendo into, you know, mm -hmm. having these fetishes. But I guess for me, it's like, why is it that you can't just, you know, enjoy being penetrated? Like, exactly. and just love exactly. that for what it is. Why does it have to be you're being degraded because you're having sex in the way that you imagine a woman would have sex? Exactly, exactly. And at the time, it, it wasn't even that I was looking for someone who, uh, like I, I, the idea of feminization was very new because I was 20, very young. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, it wasn't like, oh, I want to find somebody who like, like I, I wasn't in it for the whole feminization aspect. And I love people who come in all forms, right? Like uh -huh. I, if, of any gender expression and, um, you know, identity, I, I love how people want to learn about themselves and gender and exploring that exploring expression and an identity, but it didn't like, to me, your expression and like how the sexual aspect, like you don't have to, uh, you don't have to, it's not mandatory for you to 
be like feel like you need to be a woman or mm-hmm. not that not that no um it's not mandatory for you basically how you said it yeah for you to um like go through feminization I exactly like why can't you just feel good as you are like it there's nothing it being pegged has nothing to do with um I guess feminization Mm -hmm. it's just yeah pegging (laughs) yeah there's no I've learned that like when like especially looking at these these memes you know specifically Mm -hmm. like the ones when they they mention black men it's like they view the idea of a man having sex with them being this thing that makes them a woman and it's never you know and them loving it them being really into being penetrated um Mm-hmm. is one of the things that defines them as a woman, but is also a thing that is shameful. They're not supposed exactly. to like being penetrated. They're not supposed to. And I get it. You know, these men exactly. have been taught their whole life that this is a taboo thing they shouldn't do. And I know that this yeah. is like l- like reaching to that, but it's so hard mm-hmm. for me to read and just and, and and not see it as, you know, misogyny with more steps exactly Um, yeah it reads definitely reads as misogyny because of not being able to distinguish you know wanting to feel good wanting to feel good expressing femininity wanting to explore femininity without you know the demeaning aspect like that's definite misogyny like if you can't just like understand Mm -hmm. that um just the energy and feeling and um, expression of femininity should just be experienced without shame, then that's misogyny. Like, there's no, yeah. in my opinion, any other way to see it. Hello. I was going to just try to keep it to two points. One, I think that it's really good that you made a point to to pinpoint the misogyny aspect in cross-dressing because I think everyone, all the previous callers have been pretty good at differentiating between, like, the act of like wearing quote unquote women's clothing and like how misogyny plays into it. Like I really struck me when you talked about how um, even men that cross dress that you've interacted with still sort of have this toxic masculinity and how like pushy they are almost like Mm -hmm. in how demanding they are. And it made me realize a lot about how as someone who I don't really want to say my name, but someone who is, um, uh, assigned female at birth and by I always had a weird relationship to cross-dressing because when I was younger I always like I love clothes like I love fashion I love women's clothes I have a sort of fixation with them I wore like I think I wanted to buy like stockings and garter belts when I was like a teenager like I like those types of clothes and as a bi person like in theory I like the idea of like a guy wearing that type of stuff it's like I, I can like men I can like those types of clothes but the dominant culture that's there is so like steeped in misogyny and transmisogyny racism and this sort of like need for submissiveness and, and, and just, yeah, just really like almost a, like everyone said before, and like you've said, like this misogynist edge to it uh, because mm-hmm. I actually, <laughs> I actually um, uh, had, had a boyfriend who I asked if I could dress up my clothes. Mm-hmm. And it was a very like gentle thing where I think we were on some sort of psychedelic and I think I put like a little skirt and like a big sweater on him. And then we hugged and cuddled and like hung out. And 
in retrospect, that was um, a big part of me realizing that I'm much more sapphic than I realized mm. and that I am attracted to femininity in people and um, people who are sort of straddling like um, I like I like and you know androgyny uh, people have made fun of me saying I kind of like feminine men um, and my current partner who I just moved in with is a I'm non-binary my current partner is a non-binary uh, trans femme and we've discussed before how much we hate seeing like sissy fetish stuff Mm-hmm. Um, in online spaces because it does nothing for either of us. It's very almost like this like cis heteronormative idea of like femininity and like the, the, many people have talked before about like, the stuff people wear or like what's mm-hmm. considered like attractive. And it's funny because like we'll even we'll even joke about it being like if we dress each other up for like a fun sexy night, it's gonna be like a big soft t-shirt and like Calvin Klein underwear, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, just, you know, <laughs> like just more like, um, it was not appropriate, appropriate for me to say like a lesbianic vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of like, I guess these are women's clothes, but that's cause we're both kind of girls sometimes. And, um, the other thing I want to say, this is more my hot take that's been bouncing around my mind all day is that, um, I'm really glad that a lot of people have non-judgmentally pointed out the fact that uh, people have been on call. Uh, no one's really been too judgmental about the fact that for some trans women, cross-dressing is a sort of entryway into them finding themselves. Mm-hmm. And but one thing I hadn't heard anyone say that I think about a lot is that I just think of it in terms of it very much reminds me of how growing up as someone who thought I was a cis woman for a very long time, almost like what being like a teenager was like and uh, wanting to like the first, the first types of urges that you might have to like, quote unquote, like look pretty or look older. You take on these sort of social uh, messages about what like a pretty woman is like, it just feels like the mess, like it might happen at different ages because, you know, uh-huh. that just sort of happens still. But I feel like the messages telling us to like wear the makeup and get the push up bra are, are so coming usually from the same place. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and I very much am uh, against the idea that like one person just because they're older because they're not cis is like perpetuating something. I feel like we're all sort of fed these messages about like, well, what, what makes a pretty woman? High heels and the fishnets and the big boobs. And like, mm-hmm. as you get older, you learn that that's really maybe not for you. Yeah. Um, can I just say, I've been loving these call-in shows and your podcast and all of your videos. I, I feel oh, like the unpacking you. part is really important. And this was bouncing on my mind because I sort of had a little bit of culture shock a few weeks ago where I um I posted a selfie on social media to show off a t-shirt that I got that had I forget what it's some sort of trans positive slogan like trans is beautiful because I am under the trans umbrella and it was mostly for my friends it was just me in a shirt and makeup but then people who I didn't really know got hold of the picture and I guess assumed that I was a trans woman which I would usually take as a compliment because of that I started getting interaction on this innocuous picture I've taken from like really intense like sissy fetishist blogs mm. and I real first of all I mean some were because some strangers were just like very nice trans women who thought I was a trans woman and were just wanting to compliment me but then some people were like 
it was very jarring for me. Uh, it was like sort of a reminder of how this kind of how the shit works. Honestly, we're like, okay, you're assuming you're seeing a picture of a trans woman just in a t-shirt and makeup, you know, with the little jean shorts on, and you think that this is appropriate to share and post on your yeah, like BDSM fetish blog, like that these things that that these things are the same, like yeah, and it was just very jarring for me. It's like these are like the that you would think that that boundary would be okay to cross without asking someone first. Yeah. And that, and that's, again, that's my, one of my big issues with um, a lot of the cross-dressing shit because like, so I, I've talked mm-hmm. about this briefly, but like forever ago, for fucking ever ago, I had one of those transition timelines that used to be incredibly popular on trans mm-hmm. social media. Um, and one day I, I had some cross-dresser um, YouTube channel download my video and upload it as their own. Oh my God. And you go to their page and their cross-dresser and half of their videos are about cross-dressing and the other videos are stolen transition timelines that they had from oh other trans women. And I remember being like terrified of the idea that this, this cross-dresser was basically looking at my transition timeline and using it as like a source of sexual gratification for themselves because they can see yeah yeah like fetish bait Mm -hmm. because they can see becoming more feminine in 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 this stuff and this was like over 10 years ago but like it was Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable and like um it 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 it, it, i i think it was you who who pointed out the the toxic um you know, pushy masculinity stuff, but like, that's been my, Mm -hmm. that for me, that's what it feels like when I, when I argue with these people about, um, you know, why, you know, about my own fucking boundaries and why I don't want to do this and why I don't want to do that. And they're over here, you know, trying to make me feel bad for not being comfortable with them fetishizing me in a certain way or fetishizing women in a way that I feel is misogynistic. It's just like, I feel like I'm arguing with a, 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 your standard dude who I said, yeah. no to, who, you know, thinks that no is an invitation for a debate. No, I, it's the, it's, it's the same exact vibe. And it's something that, you know, I, I, I can't be, sh- I, I won't be shamed into, you know, um, feeling differently about it because I can see it for what it is. It's like, you're just push mm. trying to push me to do some shit that I said I didn't want to do. And I don't think you being a cross-dresser suddenly makes that okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I have these boundaries and I don't like for you to specifically fetishize me, especially, um, you know, for femininity or transition, because it makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and that should truly be enough. I shouldn't have to explain it beyond that, really. Hello? What I wanted to speak about was this, when you were talking at the beginning of the show, you were like, oh, how come, like, when a cis woman, like a particularly, well, if you remove race, but you can add race into it too. But like when a cis woman says like, I don't want to do certain things with men, like I don't like feminine men or like it's deemed as like, okay, like she can say like, I want a masculine man. I want a man who provides all that stuff. that's like considered standard and normal. But like when a marginalized person, I guess, says like, oh, I'm not into that. Oh, I'm not like, um, you know, that's not my thing. It's like, oh, how dare you be not, it's like, how dare you be marginalized and like have like standards, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I just, I kind of like, 
resonated with that because like I'm a black gay man like I consider myself like feminine like I'm not I'm like you know like when you're black you're automatically seen as like masculine whether you're a man or a woman but like I consider myself like a feminine gay man and like when I say like I'm not into that oh I'm not into penetration like I don't want to be a top I want to be a bottom oh I'm not into like receiving free ratio like gay men are like oh like how dare you like you're gay like you're supposed to be open-minded and it's like I always say you don't tell straight men to get pegged by their by their um Uh um, wives so why do I have to do what I want to do like why do I have to just because I'm gay it's almost like when you're gay like it's like it's a free-for-all and when you're straight it's not and I will say, like, of course, like, there is, like, when you are a part of the LGBT, you know, community, there is more room for, you know, like, just trying new things and not being so heteronormative. But there are people who are like, I'm not into certain things. And that is okay. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of hate how, like, in one instance, like, there's this idea of, like, sexual autonomy in the gay community. And, like, oh, like, we're very, like, you know, we're against pedophilia, we're against rape, we're against all those things. But then it's like, were also like, oh, you're gay. You should, you should, you should not be, you know, holding to hetero hetero ideals. And it's like that's just not what I want to do. Like, and that that makes me, you know, a self hating gay man. Then I guess that's just he's like, what I'll be. I guess I hate myself. That's like that's just (laughs) that's just that's just what I'll be like. And gay men like hate the fact that's like, oh, like you you don't like this. And it's like, but you don't hold other people to this same standard. Like straight people, you allow straight people to have these standards. And like, yes, we critique them, but for the most part, like the structures are still there. But it's like when it's gay or when it's trans, it's like, oh, everything is just out there. Everything should be accepted. And it's like my me saying that I don't want to do something is not saying that it's bad for someone else to do it. And I think sometimes it's like this like disconnect with that yeah when it comes to like gay um people and like um transgender people it's like oh you should just accept everything you should be open to everything and it's like uh that's just not what i'm into like sorry that i have sexual autonomy like just because i'm gay doesn't mean i want to do everything like and that's Mm -hmm. okay like maybe you should go find someone who's gay and wants to do what you do like Mm -hmm. it's perfectly fine um but yeah and i also wanted to say the thing about um when you were like like cross-dressing and and femboys so this is not like politically correct but like i have like a thing where it's like i like being feminine i like reading stories and seeing shows where it's like a feminine gay man with a masculine gay man. i do like that like alpha beta um dichotomy i do feel like there's this thing of like when you were talking about how like femininity is like the root of it is misogyny and I always say like misogyny and homophobia are linked so like misogyny is the like the stigmatization the degradation the second class citizenship of like women or like anything being feminine so that's like misogyny and I think homophobia is like men who act like women basically like if you're a man and you do anything that is associated with a woman or femininity in general, that is like, that's the stigma. That's the shame. Uh And I feel like, um, I feel like that's why like a lot of the, 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 
masculine, uh, not the mask, like the, you know, the, the stereotypical cis hat, like straight men, they understand that. They understand that they can't, if they, they want to have it both ways, you know, they want to be like these like upstanding, like traditional masculine alpha men, but like, you know, behind closed doors, they want to, they're not comfortable enough because we don't live in society for them to be open and play in femininity and gender expression. What I think what gets me upset is like, you can't have it both ways because like you said, the same men, masculine, cisgender men who um, play in femininity and want to dress up like girl, like, you know, to stereotypical girls are the same men that bully you in school. That uh-huh. call you all types of faggots and bitches and whores. So uh-huh. it's like you want to have your cake and eat it too. And it, it kind of makes people like me and I'm assuming people like you like upset. It's like you get to play, you get to play basically in my identity. So it's like uh-huh. kind of like that gay, like a lot of gay men don't like that gay for pay. You know, uh-huh. the, the straight men who pretend to be gay for, because you know, gay men are just, you know, we got a lot of work to do. So we're just obsessed with straight men. So like, is this you know that that oh I'm gay for a check and then I get to withdraw, mm-hmm. I get to go back into hetero hetero society and you know still get my praise and da 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 and I can say oh girl it, it was for a check. Mm. Well, I mean it's, it's also like person. as a male sex worker, it's very hard to make money trying to appeal to an audience of women. So I know that there are a lot of men who are straight who will do the gay for pay shit because that just pays right. them better. You know, mm-hmm. men are usually the ones watching them specifically. So I know that mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yeah, but there is also like, it, it can be, it could be aggravating because it's like, mm-hmm. like I remember I, I'm a gay, I'm gay and my brothers are straight. And I would always say like, why is it that when you guys, like it's okay for a straight man to like be homoerotic and to like slap each other's butts and, you know, this, dom- you know, the, this uh, performance of dominance over each other that's like fine that's okay that's like this what guys do but like when it's a when someone's like actually gay or when someone's actually trans like it's not a joke it's not a trend it's not something that we're when it's like your identity Uh that's when it's like oh you're doing too much and like my brother would say like oh that's because we're joking Uh it's almost like being gay being feminine being anything that's not a cishet masculine man and that's like considered a joke yeah. Like it's not taken seriously. And the moment that you're like, no, I'm actually like gay. No, I'm actually like into like, you know, having sex with men. It's like, oh, like you're serious. It's kind of like everybody, like it's okay for Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and Steve Harvey and like Eddie Murphy to dress up as women in their comics, but those same people hate Little Nas X. It's like, it's okay to be a caricature, but it's not okay when it's like, you know your actual like identity mm-hmm. <laughs> and like who you want to be in the world, who you want, how you want to show up, how you want to be. It's just really like interesting, like the double standards when it comes to like gay people living in their truth and like straight people or cis, cis people, like being able to dip in and dip out of like, you know, queerness or like just sexual ambiguity. But, like, it's just like, we don't get those same standards. I don't know if like you agree on that, but like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting because, like, one of I, I I've often said this is a totally different conversation. Who knows? Maybe the next topic for our show, even though I know it would be a shit show. But you know, one of the most interesting 
aspects of the your your transphobic for not wanting to have sex with a trans person discourse is this idea that wanting to have sex with a trans person would make you less transphobic because in my personal experience some of the most deeply and aggressively right. transphobic people that I've ever known have been people that I've either had either had sex with or have wanted to have sex with me um and it, yeah. and it turns out that a fair amount of those people are also people who are cross-dressers. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's, um, it is interesting to sort of um, interact with people like that because I, 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 a lot of the arguments that I have had with cross-dressers kind of do relate to them looking down on me because I'm tra- I'm a trans woman. Meanwhile, they're essentially attempting to be me, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And, and exactly. it is kind of a weird thing where you've got these people who are just dipping their feet right into transphobia. Um, but somehow, mm-hmm. some way, um, you know, I'm supposed to um, be tolerant or accepting to them because of X, Y, Z, Z, Y, and X. And like I said, I think this, this conversation is probably hard to understand if you haven't been in these situations. But I've had so many caustic um, conversations with crossdressers about this shit. And it, it really gets me. Like, I remember one of the, one of the early arguments I had with a crossdresser was, um, I was in a position in life where I was very destitute and struggling. and I always needed someone to come and help me. And, um, we got into this whole fucking argument where he was like, you know, at, at your age, I had this, I had that, I had a car, I had a job. I had this somebody who was in their fucking sixties at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sitting over here like, okay, you had all that, but you were and still are a man. And you know, present your your daily life in that way. Like, and you're a, a white man on top of that. And it's like, okay. So like, yeah, you had all that shit. I'm glad I'm good for you. But especially back then, especially, you know, at that particular phase of my life, um, you know, this was this was 2009, I want to say people really weren't, um, you know, having the conversations that they were having now about being transgender. So um, there was mm-hmm. less than no support. Um so it's a little frustrating for me to like have this stupid argument about well, when I was your age, I had this, this and that, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, but you had that because, um, because you were, cause you were able to move through this world as a man, you know? Right. And as, especially as like a, a man who was like gender, who, who you like a cis man, like mm-hmm. a cis masculine, like you're, you adhere to all of like the rules. The mm-hmm. problem is when like when cis, when cis men don't, Follow so it's like you want to be a product because what because you are the status quo like it, it's interesting it's like they judge us like oh you should be where i'm at but it's like you would last two you you don't even you won't wear the skirt in public mm-hmm. so you clearly understand how this system works like you understand yeah. the power that be you understand the racism the transphobia the sexism the enough to hide you yourself but you choose, and I, I, I don't like. I don't shame like DL men. I don't shame them because we live in a world where when they, the straight folks want you to come out, but then when you come out, it's oh the kids and the hot, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't shame DL. I don't shame men for being in the closet. And, and, and you um, know what? Neither do I. Know. Up to the fact, up to the point where they start 
telling me how yeah. I need to live my life. Because I'm like, when, all right. When, when they start, <laughs> when they start like, oh, you're doing too much. And I'm like, but I've already, like, I've done what you're doing. I've done 10 years ago. So yeah. it's like, you stay, you can, like, you can be in the closet. I'm never going to tell you come out because it takes guts and it takes real bravery to come out and be authentically who you are. But it's like, you have the privilege of like jumping back in worlds. I don't. So like, yeah. stay in your lane. Yeah. You be you and I'll be me, but don't critique me and say like, oh, you know, the stuff that they usually say about us, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing too much. We're too feminine. It's like, but you ain't come out the closet. Yeah. So it's like, you're not living your truth, but you're upset. And I feel like that's a, that's a lot of the issue is that a lot of undercover cross-dressers, gay men, you know, men who are not, you know, who don't meet the status quo, they're, they get upset at the fact that it's like, how dare you live in your truth? Mm-hmm. Like, they're a man. And I understand, girl, you know, I understand that it's hard out here. But, like, don't get mad at me because I had the guts to live in my truth. Don't critique me because I had the guts to do what you could never do. Mm-hmm. and put, don't put me down and especially if you're white or if you're mm-hmm. rich or anything especially like that, if you're like, white no no shade to like, my white brothers ever. and sisters but especially like, if you're white I don't like, want to hear it <laughs> I definitely don't want to hear it because of course we understand that it's like homophobia is different when you're white than when you're black you know mm-hmm. like or when you're like a when you're homophobia it just it shows up differently when, you, like, not, like, white, white folks, white folks are homophobic. Like, I've dead the idea that, like, black people are more homophobic than white people because, like, white people, like, created the system. Black people just, you know, exist within it. But, like, it's definitely, like, a different level of, like, when you are a visibly black person, there's not just gender, but there's racial elements that you have to play up. So, like, mm-hmm. it's different than when you're, like, a white you know, homo gay or trans person, like it's very, very different. And so I also just like quickly wanted to speak on that when it comes to like the sissification. It's like I feel like the sissification, the the femboy is kinda like white the like the white feminism just for like gays. Cause like sissy when you type in sissy, you don't see black folks. Like you don't see black people in the sissy like uh, you know and that's you, you see, really don't and that's so interesting i've most white, most of the sissies most of the cross-dressers that i've known have been white have absolutely yes. been and white. that's because of the idea that's because of like they're because remember they're trying they're trying to replicate like white femininity like a mm-hmm. white man is supposed to be like strong and masculine so like their idea of like sissification is this like acting like a woman and I like that analogy of like why is you putting on a skirt and maybe some heels like why because you're a man all of a sudden you're a dirty you're a dirty bitch slut whore but like your mom just wore that you know to the club the other day so it's like you wouldn't call your mother that per se mm-hmm. you know so it's like this is idea that like femininity anytime a person's feminine particularly if a black man is feminine it's like the worst thing on earth, like the worst thing a man can be is like a, like you said, a woman or feminine. Like, he, yeah. like you know, we will accept pedophiles, we'll accept murderers, we'll accept crackheads, we'll accept all types mm-hmm. of stuff. But like the worst thing a man, a masculine patriarchal man can be is like a woman. Hello. I've only recently discovered my sexuality within the last couple of years as a uh, bisexual man. And it has been a lot. 
I've been fetishized for my race. I've been fetishized for my masculinity and like pushed towards that. As the last caller has mentioned, like pushed towards that being, being masculine, hyper masculinity because I'm a black man. And, um, it was, it was crazy. And I do, I have, uh, been, I have been with men who cross dress. So I felt like mm. I could speak on a topic a little bit and uh, just share my personal experience with that. Yeah. I'm very curious because, um, like race play is a very huge aspect of, um, a lot of the, the, the sissification and cross-dressing stuff that I've seen. Um, so I'm very mm -hmm. curious how you've interacted with that. So tell us more. Yes. Yeah, so, um, the, f the first time that I was, I, I experienced race play was with this, this white bottom who, who had a black sin and the whole shebang going. So I don't know what in my mind allowed me to continue to go with <laughs> sleeping with him, but it happened and it was really wild to me because after we had slept together, he said, oh, I've, I only sleep with black men, black cops specifically. Like, if you were just a little bit more feminine, I wouldn't have slept with you. And that was just wow. so, so, so incredibly weird to me because, like, this, this is one of my earliest sexual experiences, too. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's crazy mm -hmm. to me. And uh, on the cross-dressing thing, I've... I have slept with guys who cross-dress, but I've never really, like, had long-term relationships with them or anything like that. And I currently have a sexual partner, like, who I just call my fuck buddy because that's all we do. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have, like, an actual relationship other than a casual sex. And he cross-dresses. But, uh, but he doesn't do it in a way that, I feel like is disrespectful to women or is misogynistic at all because mm -hmm. he's never told me to call him a sissy or anything like that. We don't do race play or any of those things. He just, he, and he never, he doesn't use she, her pronouns. He is, he considers himself just a cis man who, mm -hmm. who cross dresses or just wears clothes that are typically for women. Mm -hmm. And I found that particularly interesting because I have, been with men who are like, oh, I, I, I'm doing it so that I could be a proper bottom or I could, so I could express my femininity in a better way that is mm. more acceptable for you tops. And I'm like, that, okay, that, that's cool, but like, how, how does it, wh what are your true intentions for like doing that? Like, yeah. is it liberating for you or is it just something that, listen, like your kink and whether, and I, those things could have potentially been very harmful and they probably were, but I was just being young and and horny and just like didn't care about the morality of that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I I feel like the as, as now that I have a healthy relationship with like these sexual partners that I have, and like because for a, a while I, it got to a point where I didn't want to be fetishized for my race. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm not going to date white people like mm -hmm. at all. Amen. And <laughs> and it got and I was like doing pretty good with that, but now I'm dating this white girl at my college, and and like I I feel like because well I I use the term she's a proper ally, even though that may like be it may not be the best way to put it, mm -hmm. but I feel like because she hasn't given me any red flags because of my race at all, 
I feel a lot more comfortable with that. Like she supports a lot of black people, like black artists, because she's an artist herself. So that was kind of like the first thing that I noticed because I usually look for those red flags. But uh, yes, I have had those experiences with race play and I do have a fuck buddy who cross dresses. So that's just me sharing my tea really quickly. And on that note, that's going to do it for this episode of the True Tea Collins Show. Like I said, you guys can always check out the full episodes on my podcast where I have the full Collins shows all the time. This Collins show ran about four, four hours and 30 minutes. So yeah, you can imagine that a lot of things were cut. So if you ever want to check it out, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash catblack. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. And I want you to always remember and to never forget that you are beautiful and you are loved. Bye.